0: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, March 26th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Nintendo released a surprise direct this morning with Xenoblade, Smash Brothers, Pokemon News, and a lot more. And some of my favorite developers of all time have signed an excellent deal with Epic Games. Nintendo drops a surprise Direct Mini with Xenoblade, Smash Brothers, Pokemon News, and a lot more. Nintendo released a surprise Nintendo Direct Mini this morning, seemingly out of nowhere, but it was a great surprise, and it had a lot of announcements and new details in it, to the point where I am confused as to why it was called a Mini. But in any case, here is everything that was revealed. The Direct was just under 30 minutes and began with a disclaimer that read, Please note... Due to COVID-19, release dates and other information presented in this video are subject to change. Then it said to follow Nintendo's various channels for updates and said, our hearts go out to all those impacted by COVID-19 during this challenging time. After that disclaimer, a new trailer for Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, the Switch, eh, kind of a remake of the Wii game Xenoblade Chronicles was shown. It's not a full-on built-from-scratch remake, but they updated the main character models significantly as well as the UI, and re-recorded some of the game's impressive score, so the overhaul is fairly substantial. The trailer set up the story, talking about the two fighting titans that serve as the story platform, and it talked about how Shulk can see into the future with the help of his sword. The game is coming out May 29th, 2020, and you can pre-purchase it right now, and there will be a Definitive Works version of the game that will come with a big art book. Also included with the game is Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected, which is a new epilogue. It features Shulk, and in the footage it showed like this rip in space. It almost looked like a black hole or something like that. It seems you may have to beat Xenoblade Chronicles before you can access it, but it wasn't totally clear. Hopefully you can skip right to it if you played the game already on Wii or New 3DS. Next up was confirmation on some rumors that have been floating around for a while. Bioshock The Collection, which includes Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite, all in one package, is coming to Switch, which I am super excited about. I love those games, and I would love an excuse to replay them. Bioshock 2, in particular, is one that I really want to revisit. Borderlands Legendary Collection, which includes 1, 2, and the pre-sequel, is on the way for Switch. And so is XCOM 2 Collection, which presumably includes XCOM 2 and all of its expansions and DLC. All three of those collections will be available on May 29th. There was no big Animal Crossing New Horizons updates, but Nintendo did encourage players to grab the Day 1 patch so they can meet Zipper the Bunny in April. Zipper will apparently hide eggs everywhere, and you can meet him between April 1st and 12th. He will also allow you to craft some egg-themed decorations. Nintendo also promised there will be more free updates in late April, and there will be an Earth Day event. Another now-confirmed rumor, Catherine, full body, is coming to Switch on July 7th. King's Bounty 2, a tactical strategy game, was shown off, and it is releasing sometime this year. The next Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighter was not shown or revealed, but Nintendo did say it will be a character from ARMS. The character will apparently be officially announced and released in June. I'm guessing it's going to be Ribbon Girl... Or maybe Springman, but Springman is a trophy in the game already, so that kind of lowers his likelihood of being the fighter. But I mean, it really should be Twintel. Twintel is the fan favorite, but she's also a fighter who doesn't fight with extendable arms, she uses her hair. So I don't know, maybe she's not the best representative of the game. In honor of, or perhaps coincidentally, ARMS will be free to download and play for Nintendo Online subscribers between today, March 26th, and April 6th. I like ARMS. I think it's fun, but I also think it never really caught on. It's a first-party Nintendo fighting game, which should be exciting, but it just never really found its audience. But who knows, maybe it will now that this limited version will be available. An extended trailer for Bravely Default 2 was shown. It showed the presumed protagonist washing up on a shore and exploring towns, snowy areas, and more of excellent, which is spelled E-X-C-I-L-L-A-N-T, which uh, Spellcheck was not a big fan of. It also has this Mega Man-style system where defeating big enemies and taking their asterisk allows you to use their abilities. A demo for the game is available right now, and the full game will be available sometime later this year. A very stylish board-slash-card game collection, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics, was revealed. It has an absurd number of games, which is pretty clear from the game's title, that also includes stuff like bowling, air hockey, and golf. It's not just card and board games. Some of the games offer local multiplayer, but some do offer online play as well. Normally a game like this wouldn't be very exciting, but the visuals and presentation of all the games is just really impressive and attractive. It looks like a cool package. It releases on June 5th. Ninjala is a multiplayer action game that has been in development for quite a while. I remember it having a big presence at E3 as far back as like 2017. It may have even been there in 2016. It's a multiplayer melee game with lots of platforming. And it finally has a release date. It's coming May 27th, and it will be free to play. Star Wars Episode One Racer is coming to Switch soon, which is exciting. Many say that game is the best thing to come out of the prequel films. Trials of Mana is out April 24th from Switch. Fuser from Harmonix, the makers of Rock Band, is coming to Switch fall 2020. The Elder Scrolls Blades, the free-to-play mobile Elder Scrolls game that I didn't think was very good, is coming to Switch spring 2020. If that Switch version of the game manages to remove like the free-to-play elements of the mobile game, I think maybe there could be something kind of fun there, but who knows? We'll see. Warhammer 40,000 Mechanicus is coming to Switch May 2020. Vigor, a third-person shooter that I am unfamiliar with, is entering closed beta on Switch April 9th. Burnout Paradise Remastered is coming to Switch this year, which is awesome. That game is awesome, and it's perfect for just always having available on switch i can't wait for that saints row 4 reelected is releasing for switch tomorrow march 27th the switch port of saints row 3 was pretty rough so hopefully this one fares better the legend of heroes trails of cold steel 3 is coming to switch june 30th you can listen to monday's episode of this podcast to hear game informers kimberly wallace explain why you should play that game Mr. Driller Drillland is coming to Switch June 25th. Minecraft Dungeons is coming to Switch Spring 2020. It's not a surprise that that game is coming to Switch, but it's just always weird to see Microsoft published games on Switch. I think we're going to see a whole lot more moving forward. And finally, the Direct ended with a handful of details about Pokemon Sword and Shield's first upcoming expansion, Isle of Armor. There is a dojo on the Isle of Armor that you must visit to meet Master Mustard, and acquire the Pokemon Cub-Fu, and then you can take your Cub-Fu to one of the two challenge towers, the Darkness Tower or the Water Tower. Depending on where you go, it sets the style for Cub-Fu's evolved form, Fu. Your starter Pokemon will also get Gigantamax forms, and their new Ultimate attacks apparently ignore enemy types, which makes those attacks exceptionally powerful. More lead card, backgrounds, effects, and frames will also be added to the game with the expansion, Isle of Armor will be available at the end of June and you get a free outfit if you go ahead and buy the pass for both expansions. This direct was a huge surprise this morning but it was great. I was very happy to see it online and I was I was surprised at how long it was and how much stuff there was in it. Again, I really I don't know why they called it mini. I guess cuz it didn't really have any big first party announcements in it, but it was a, it was a good way to start a Thursday. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie dot com slash wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie dot com slash wondery. Normally, I put the "Here's what's out today" portion as the last segment of the show, but since so many things were announced and released during the Direct, I am bumping up this section. So here's what released today. A new Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 expansion pass, Shadows of Doom, is out today. It's got the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom stuff. Shinsekai Into the Depths is a post-apocalyptic platformer that takes place entirely underwater. It looks like an underwater Metroid-inspired platformer, and it's out today on Switch. A game called Good Job, which looked a little like a video game about the tutorials for Portal, was announced. In it, you have to complete all kinds of random jobs for your father's company in any way you can. It is out right now. Ring Fit Adventure got an update today that adds a rhythm game. When showing the update, they used the Jump Up Superstar song from Super Mario Odyssey, but you will also be able to play with music from Splatoon 2 and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The game has also been updated to offer alternate languages and a female voice option for your ring companion. Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy is out today on Switch, as well as for PlayStation 4. Panzer Dragoon Remake, a full remake of the 1995 Sega Saturn game, is out today on Switch as a timed exclusive. This is incredibly random, but I downloaded Panzer Dragoon Orta, the original Xbox game like four nights ago, and randomly played through the first 30 minutes. I had never really played a Panzer Dragoon game. It's part of Game Pass. It was a small download, and I had never played a Panzer Dragoon game, so I grabbed it. And then when my wife walked in and asked me why on earth I was playing that, I really had no answer for her. It was just super random. The studio's behind Control... Shadow of the Colossus, and Inside have all signed a publishing deal with Epic Games. Epic Games, the studio that will forever be predominantly known as the creators of Fortnite, announced this morning that it has locked in publishing deals with literally some of my favorite developers. Like, if I were to make a list of my favorite developers, these guys would all show up in the top 10, maybe even top 5. It really is insane how they honed in on some of my Personal favorite game creators. Epic signed publishing deals with Remedy, the creators of Control, Alan Wake and Max Payne, Play Dead, the creators of Limbo and Inside, and Gen Design, a studio made up of former Team Ico folks who made Ico, obviously, Shadow of the Colossus and The Last Guardian. Information like exactly what games these studios will be creating, how many games these studios will be creating with Epic. And whether or not these games will be fully exclusive to the Epic Games store is unclear. But we do know some of the technical details. On the blog announcing the publishing detail, Epic wrote, The Epic Games approach to publishing fundamentally changes the developer-slash-publisher model and aims to have the most developer-friendly terms in the industry so that creators can focus on making great games. Then there are three bullet points. Full creative freedom and ownership. Developers retain 100% of all intellectual property and full creative control of their work. Fully funded projects, Epic Games Publishing will cover up to 100% of development costs, from developer salaries to go-to market expenses such as QA, localization, marketing, and all publishing costs. 50-50 profit sharing, developers earn a fair share for their work. Once costs are recouped, developers earn at least 50% of all profits. Those terms are really in favor of the developer in an unprecedented and awesome way. And if those studios release hit games, they really could force other publishers to re-examine their developer terms. The exciting thing to me, though, as a consumer, is the full creative control element. Epic released a video with the figureheads of the three studios, Sam Lake for Remedy Games, Arnt Jensen for Playdead and Fumitu Ueda for Gen Design and they all talked about the value and excitement of having full creative control and if they're excited, I am excited. I think Remedy is probably working on either a Control follow-up or an Alan Wake follow-up. Whatever game the studio works on next after it finishes up Control's DLC, I don't think it will be a new property. I think it will either be an Alan Wake sequel or a Control sequel. And I would be open for either one, frankly. Playdead is seriously one of my favorite developers. Limbo and Inside are some of my favorite games, and I have been eagerly examining every little hint about its next project for years now. There are a few pieces of concept art that seem to show like an astronaut having crash-landed, dragging a parachute behind them. And then a few years ago at GDC, they were trying to hire new employees, and they were handing out postcards of what appeared to be some kind of cave with a boat in it. I acquired one of those postcards. I still have it. For Gen Design, there is probably the least amount of information out there. On Gen Design's website, there was some concept art for a while of a young girl resting on a pedestal with this gigantic, slovenly creature nearby. But as near as I can tell, that art has been removed from the website. Shout of the Colossus is one of my favorite games of all time, and I love Iko and The Last Guardian. I think Fumitu Ueda is a true video game auteur, and I can't wait to see what's next from his studio. The big exciting takeaway for me here is just learning that these three studios are set for their presumably next few foreseeable projects, and they can make whatever they want, which is exactly what I want from these studios in particular. Basically, it's all just really good news. That's it for gaming news today. I'm still playing Half-Life Alex. I actually woke up early this morning. I woke up at 6 a.m. to try and get some time in, and the story is definitely getting into a I-really-can't-wait-to-see-what-happens-next kind of cadence. I don't want to stop. I need to get back to Ori, which I feel bad about. I am probably 60-70% to 70% through that game, but I just I can't say no to the first new Half-Life game in 13 years. I am also succumbing to family pressure to play Animal Crossing. It's happening. I should be getting my copy in the mail today. We'll see if it pulls me in. I'm pessimistic, but excited to have something my family can all play together. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, tweet at me or send me DMs at Kyle M. Hilliard at Gaming Ride Home. Or you can send me an email, kyle at ridehome.info. No character count limitation there. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast if you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator. I am playing through Black Mesa right now, which is it's awesome to be playing Black Mesa at the same time as Half-Life Alex. I mean, not literally the same time, but back and forth. It's awesome. You can also find me on the Max Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow.